You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're uh, this month looking at uh, a month of vision and uh, we've, we've titled it Overflow and uh, looking at five heart attributes of the church that in the coming time, in weeks and months, we'll keep coming back to these in various aspects because I think um, they're not just, I would say, heart attributes that we think are important, but they're heart attributes that are in God's word as important. And uh, so we, we've looked over the last three weeks at, uh, uh, at three different attributes. And the first attribute we looked at uh, in our, our first Sunday was enlarging, that we would be an enlarging church, that we would be expanding God's kingdom by going to where people are, by um, sending people into mission, both locally and foreign to be establishing God's kingdom through church planting or plant, planting more campuses. And so as a church, I, I believe God's plan for us as a church is not just to stay where we are and keep our footprint as it is, but to be expanding his kingdom. And uh, that's part of uh, the call of the church. And unless we're doing that in every aspect of our t- uh, as a church, we start to maintain. And when we start to maintain, we start to digress, right? And God calls us to go into all the world. Yes? Go. But the next heart attribute is, it was enabling. We shared this, this call that we're, as a church, to enable each person to become who Christ has called them to be, which is a disciple. There is no two-tiered Christianity. You are either a disciple of Jesus Christ or you're not. And a disciple is a follower, a learner of Christ, an imitator of Christ, someone who reflects him. And so when we come to Jesus and we say, Do you know, what? I'm going to give my life to him, we start a journey of learning. Right? We never come to a finish point. We never come to a place where I've walked with Jesus 10 years, good to go. I've got it all cased. Actually, no, God leads us on this journey where every day, every month, every year, we're, we're journeying to become more and more like Jesus. No one in this room has made it yet. Okay? Can I just tell you that? And I encourage all of us that we need to keep having these learner plates on our hearts to say, you know, God, I'm still willing to learn. I'm still willing to grow. I'm still willing to be changed to become more like you. And so it's, to, it's as a church that we would be a place that we keep learning, that we keep growing and maturing and applying what God has, has taught us in our lives. And that we would allow the Holy Spirit to bring the transformation, the work of the Holy Spirit forming Christ in us. We can't become like Jesus on our own. We need the supernatural power of his spirit at work in us so that we become like him as his spirit does that in us as we give way to that. And so the third heart attribute we looked at is empowering. And this call that as a church, we, we call, calls us to go, go make disciples. But then as we come to Christ, he says, you know what? You're not part of my body. You're not just some kind of entity out there on your own, but you're called to be part of this family. And in being part of this family, you have a role to play. God created you in history. This time, this, he could have brought you into this world at any point in history, but he chose now. And because he chose now, and he chose for this point that, that uh, you, you gave your life to Jesus, there's something in you that needs to be reflected into the body, that needs to be brought into the body of Christ. And in bringing that into the body of Christ, you, you have a part to play in seeing his purposes go forward. Whether you're the arm, or you're the foot, or you're the mouth, or the, the eyeball. And for us, the call is... For as individuals is to, is to give him everything. It's the offer, is the offering of our lives. 
we're, we see in Romans that we're to offer our lives as living sacrifices. And it's offering our gifts. It's offering what we've got to him and saying, God, whatever you want in my life, I, I'm yours. We don't just come to church and warm a seat on a Sunday and then do our thing and serve and use our gifts outside the church. But actually God calls us to bring that to him and be part of it. And so we're bringing the offering, but we're also allowing the preparation, learning to use what God has put in me in the context of his body. We're not lone rangers. We have to be taught and we all need to be molded together to form his, his per, or to form his body and to, to be the hands and feet he needs us to be. And also being stretched and exploring new things. And then lastly, as a church, is to release you into the areas of responsibility of the body that God calls you into. And so we want to be a church that's empowering you to serve. And so the fourth attribute that we're looking at today is encountering. Center Church is a Pentecostal church. Okay, over here, say amen. Center Church is a Pentecostal church. And the meaning of this is we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, living spirit-filled lives as a church community. Interesting enough, Chris pointed out today is the day of Pentecost. Or Pentecost Sunday. Uh, which I hadn't, I, I, I should have known that, but I didn't. <laughs> So luckily, we have a service about Pentecost today. And as if we had planned that, but we didn't. Jesus said in Acts 1.5, For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What started on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 is still available for us today. And when we start looking at vision, we start looking at what's the dream? What are, where are we going with this? God, where are you leading with this? I believe it starts also at this, this heart attribute of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We are unashamedly a Pentecostal church that believes in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What was prophesied in Joel uh, chapter 2 verses 28-29, it says this, it says, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. You know, we live in this time. We live in this, this, this season at the point that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost over 2,000 years ago. We live in the finish. We, we still live in this season of that time. It hasn't stopped the last days haven't stopped at some point in history. It wasn't just for the founding fathers of the church, but it was, it was, it started there and it's carried on. The Holy Spirit offers us power to be a witness for Christ. That's why Jesus says for the disciples, before you go and do anything, you need to wait in Jerusalem for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, for the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Him. He's a guide that will lead us into all truth, a counselor. He, there's a, the, there's the, the prophetic that wants to be, that the Holy Spirit wants to release in us, that we would hear His voice, that we would see what the future is, what, what the plans are and His purposes for us as a church. See, when the Holy Spirit's involved, I, I believe there's God-sized visions and dreams. We see this in this passage of Scripture. The young men will see vision and the old men will dream dreams. I tell you what, God wants to impart in us a big-sized vision that only He can put in our hearts. And it's the overflow of the Spirit in us that we see from His perspective what the future is. What does God want to do? What could happen in this space if God was in control? 
What would happen in this space if his spirit was moving through our lives? You see, when God comes, the supernatural happens. You can't have the Holy Spirit at work in our lives without supernatural things happening. If God is in us, then something not of us needs to be happening outside of us. Right? Would you agree? Supernatural things happen. And we have, we have in Corinthians, we see the gifts of the Spirit. We have the gifts, the gifts of speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues and healing. Signs and wonders to follow those who believe. All of these are available through the Holy Spirit. Now, this church, the vision and heart attribute of the center church is that we would lead people to a place of encounter with the Holy Spirit. That we would lead people to a place of encounter to the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that was given in the book of Acts is for us today. And this encounter with the Holy Spirit starts with us. It starts with us. It starts with you and me being open and available. We can only give out what we've first received. Right? It's impossible to give something you haven't got. I can't go into the world. I can't go beyond where I am at if I haven't received something in which I can impart to someone else. And so for when we look at this place of encounter, this needs to be a place that we are encountering the Spirit. I mean, again, Jesus told the disciples they couldn't leave Jerusalem. Why? Because they needed to receive something before they could give out anything. And they hadn't received yet from, from the Lord what was promised. The early church recognized this need to be filled and refilled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just a one-off experience. You, didn't, you don't just see Acts chapter 2 and somehow history is, it, it just goes on. But actually we see this pattern of them coming back to the Lord saying, God, we need more of your spirit. We need more of you. And so Acts chapter 2 happens. The Holy Spirit comes in power and it's, it's an awesome time. But then the, they, they start to move in the things of the Holy Spirit. People get healed and set free and, and Peter and John, they, they get themselves into trouble because they do some things that the Sanhedrin are uncomfortable with. And they, uh, they call them in and they, they, they begin to talk to them, interrogate them, and they threaten them if they don't stop preaching the gospel, if they don't stop doing what they're doing, there will be much serious consequences to come. And uh, the disciples are left with this quandary, this challenge of, do we just take on board what the, the religious people want of us, or do we listen to what God wants of us? Do, do we keep pursuing more of the Holy Spirit working through their lives? Or are we content with just doing the religious structure that they would have grown up with? And so here we have Acts chapter 4, this prayer that goes out. Starting at verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God, saying, Sovereign God, Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Spirit through the mouth of your servant and our father David. Why do the, na- why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers... Uh, gathered together against the Lord and against the anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power, 
uh, your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your Lord, uh, of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You see, they came to a place where even though they had just experienced this most dramatic Holy Spirit baptism experience that we see in Acts chapter 2. They came right back to a place of saying, God, we need more. We need your help. We, we just can't go beyond where we're at without more of you. We need you. We need you. They needed more of the Holy Spirit working in them. They couldn't do it on their own. They didn't have what it took to bring change to the world. They, they realized at the point that they really stepped into it, that it was bigger than them. And I don't know about you, but when I really look at this world around us, and I really look at as a church, us making an impact and, and bringing change, I, I'm quickly aware that this is beyond me. This is beyond what I can do. This is beyond my own abilities. I don't have enough enthusiasm to bring a change to Burgess Hill or Brighton or any other area that we will plant into. I don't have enough in myself to make that happen. And I believe today we, our prayer needs to be in the same position as the, as the early churches. God, we need you. Stretch out your hand and heal the sick and perform miracles and miraculous signs and wonders. Lord, help us to share your word boldly. Lord, we need your spirit. We need, in essence, a fresh encounter with you. We need a fresh encounter with your Holy Spirit. The prayer for a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit needs to be our prayer. I believe every time we come together, God, we need another fresh encounter. We need more of you. We've been this week in our, our world, in jobs and situations. God, we need a fresh encounter with you. And it's not simply so we have a nice experience. So on a Sunday, we can go home and have our Sunday roast saying, boy, was that ever a lovely service today? It goes beyond that, guys, doesn't it? The, whole, the early church wasn't praying, oh God, we need more of the Holy Spirit so we can just feel so good together when we pray. But it was like, God, we need more of you so we have something of you to take into the world in which you've called us to. That we have something that's empowering us to be who you call us to be in this world that we're living in. And I believe as a church that when we come together, it's our prayer that God, we need to encounter you afresh. So that when tomorrow morning we go to our jobs or we are with our families or we're hitting situations in the real world. God, we have something to give of you. We have something to impart into that situation of your Holy Spirit, of your power, of your wonder-working presence. It isn't for us, but it's for the world in which that we, we live and exist. That God calls us to take his spirit. So the encounter starts with us, but leads to a place of others. And so my message really has two points. It's us and it's others. That's pretty easy, isn't it? I know it's profound. It took a long time thinking of those two points. Us and others. The Holy Spirit has been given, not just for our experience, but for the world around us. People in your world, in your workplace, people in, in the relationships that you have formed, need to know the power of the Holy Spirit. Need to know that he, the kingdom of God is here and is now. 
That his power to heal and transform lives is just as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. The people that are living in bondage or living in, in, in places or in situations that need, desperately need God to come and change something. We are representing Jesus to them. We are representing God to them. And we are filled with the Spirit so the world can experience God through you and through me. That's God's plan. Honestly, it would be so much easier if God just did it himself. Wouldn't it? I've often thought, God, if it was up to me, I would just bypass people altogether. Right? Just let everyone have a road to Damascus experience. Let everyone just encounter you in your presence. And it would be so much simpler. But then we wouldn't be involved in the process. And part of this whole process is God wants us to be connected to him. And God wants us to know what it means to flow in him and to have this relationship with him and to be like Jesus. Jesus, when he walked in this earth, he, he was tuned into the father. He, he, he kept praying and seeking and he moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. And really, Jesus said, you know what? The things I did, you'll do even greater things than me. Why? Because I've shown you the way. I've shown you how. And when the Holy Spirit's poured out and everyone has access to the Holy Spirit, you will be enabled to do even greater things than me. And I look at scripture and I read the gospels and I think, oh, wow, God, we've got a long ways to go. And yet God has set the bar saying, you know, my spirit in you enables you to do all these things. But we are the tap that controls the flow. We are the ones that can stop the process. You see what's happened in this passage of scripture. They cried out, God, we need more of your spirit. And then the next passage in verse 31, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. And not just to each other. Right? It wasn't that they had fantastic preaching after that point. Whoa, did Peter ever bring the house down preaching those Sundays? No, it was, they spoke the word of God boldly. So what happens is, the, they, they prayed for the Spirit, the Spirit came upon them, then they, they engaged that Spirit, they, they moved in the Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God boldly outside the context of their meetings. They put it into action. They were filled and then spoke. And then when you, you read this passage of Scripture, a little bit further on, just into Acts chapter 5, we see not only did they speak boldly, but the Holy Spirit came upon them with the supernatural. And I, I guess my prayer today, and as we start kind of just casting the vision, is, God, what could it look like if we were like this as a church? Could this be our vision, that this would be the kind of things that we would hope for and believe for and pray for? Can I just say we're not here yet, but this is the vision, and this is the heart attribute of the church. We are Pentecostal that believes in the Holy Spirit and hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. And so Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 16 The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought their sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on them And that as he passed, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and and those tormented by evil spirits. And all, say all, all of them were healed. Wow. 
What would look, what would it look like, guys? If this happened to us, if God was so moving through our lives and the spirit was so alive in us that even your shadow was bringing change to people's lives. You sat down at your desk and your shadow from the fluorescent lights touched someone beside you and they were healed because you were there. And God is so moving through your life that people's lives are changed and transformed. Is it possible? Absolutely. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. The kingdom of God has been brought to us today through the work of the Holy Spirit. And all the resources of heaven are now available to us. When we tap into his source, healing, deliverance, people being set free, God doing the supernatural for us, or through us in situations that would be humanly impossible. And again, it's not so that we look great to the world, but it's that God would be made famous. That people would know afresh that Jesus reigns. That he's alive. That he's here to change people's lives and circumstances. That he wasn't just something. He's not just someone we read about in the Bible. But actually what he spoke about. And the truth that he, he shared is, is applicable today. Again what happened in the book of Acts. Is still possible today. The Holy Spirit is still available. And it's our vision that we would see the world around us. Encounter the Holy Spirit through our lives. That we would be a church that encounters the Holy Spirit. But we would also be a church that the world encounters the Holy Spirit through us. You see, when we go and make disciples. When we go into the world and preach the gospel. It says these signs will follow those that believe. And you look at the list of all that Jesus said. Do You know, we need the Holy Spirit for all of that. I can't heal the sick. I can't set people free. I've got, I don't have that power in myself. But I know the Lord has that power. And I know he can work that through my life. And he can work that through your life. God wants us to, to raise our expectations of what he could do. As a church, God, God wants to do greater things than we've seen in the past. And I know we've, I, I beat that drum in the past. But I, I want to just keep coming back to it. That God, When we pray together, when we seek God together, when we come to church as a as a church family, that, that that's our prayer. God, we need more of you. We need more of your spirit in us. We, we need something to give. All of us live in situations that, that need God to bring power, need God to, to bring change. And our words, yes, have power, but we also need the demonstration of his spirit coming through our lives. The encounter with the Holy Spirit starts with us receiving from him first. But the miracles occur when we step out in faith as the Spirit prompts us to. And again, I don't think, I, I really don't believe that we, we can come in this context and pray that God would move by His Spirit. And then when we're in, the, in other environments, the Holy Spirit, okay, I want you to pray for that person. I want you to speak life. I, I want you to bring deliverance to that situation. If we don't activate that, then we shut off the tap of the flow of the Spirit of God in us. We receive, but we also are receiving to give. The power to be a witness is only a power to be a witness when we are a witness. It's profound mystery, isn't it? It only works when we actually open our mouths 
and say, God, I need your, I, I, I'm going to share with this per, I need your help. And the spirit comes at that moment. And I've discovered with faith, and when we step out in faith and follow the Holy Spirit, is that his spirit comes after we step out. When they said, Peter and John, you know what, silver and gold we don't have. But what we have, we give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. This is what got them into trouble in the first place. When they said, you know what, we don't have money. But we do have something else. Now they put, some, they put something on the line at that moment. Because they stretched out their hands and said, you know what, straight, stand up and walk. Now that was a step of faith to do that. And the miraculous happened as they did that. They didn't just, they, didn't, they had a part to play. And I guess this is my encouragement to us as a church is we're not, we're not then robots to the Holy Spirit. And when we encounter him, somehow we become these superhuman people that no longer are in control. We're always still in the controlling seat of whether the Holy Spirit moves to our lives or not. And this prayer, I guess, for the Holy Spirit is, is not just so that we would see something nice in our own eyes, but that the world around us would be changed because of Jesus. My prayer for myself even is, God, I need more of you so that those I have contact with, their lives will be truly changed. Not just through what my good deeds or not just through loving them, but that actually when I pray for them, when things happen, when I can share that, that there's something of you in me that brings the change to the circumstances that they are forever changed because of it. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm hungry for more of God. I desire more of his spirit. And again, I said at the beginning that we are unashamedly a Pentecostal church that believes in the spirit of God. And whether or not we see the fullness of it right now, that is our vision that we move into it. That is where we're going. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, then maybe it's not the church for you. But as far as I am concerned, we are going after it. And I know the leadership of the church is in the same Point of view. We want to see God move in his power. We want our prayer weeks that we've just had. We want to, to be continued to pressing into God. That we would see this happen on a regular basis. We have seen miracles. We have seen answers to prayer. And we want to see more of that. Why don't you stand with me please. Each week we've been finishing with some type of response. Last week we we had a form to sign up to be part of things in the church, which I still encourage you to do so. Next Sunday we're going to be bringing those forms of where you feel to serve in the church. But tonight, or this morning, the, the prayer, the big prayer is, God, we need your spirit. I can talk about the Holy Spirit. We can all agree. This would be great. We can say amen, we can buy the CD, we can get the t-shirts. But actually, it comes to this fundamental point of saying, God, we, we want to seek you. We want to touch from you. And this morning, I think the best way that we can end is that invitation to receive 
the Holy Spirit in us. All I can do is pray that God comes. And all that you can do is pray that God comes. The outcome of what happens is completely in God's hands. But we want to come with a place, you know, in a place of expectation saying, God, we want more of you. We want more of your spirit to move in our lives. We need your boldness. We desire to see signs and wonders. We, we desire to have something that brings true change to people's circumstances. Not just nice words, but life-changing power that his spirit offers. And if that's you today, I invite you to come to the front. And we're going to pray that God moves. We're going to pray that God comes by his spirit and we touch your life. We bring transformation to your life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.